Welcome to Leveraged Lifestyle, the podcast that shares with you the mindset and skill set it takes for you to create your ideal leveraged lifestyle, whatever that might look like for you. Please welcome your host, entrepreneur, world record holder, and globetrotter, Catherine Turner. Hi there, it is Catherine Turner of the Leveraged Lifestyle podcast. Welcome to this episode where I interview my good friend, property investor, property strategist, and uh, all around uh, just lovely person, Jackie Thames. So Jackie Thames is known as the property strategist, and she is the founder and CEO of Thames Homes. Jackie built a portfolio worth over 5.5 million in five and a half years before the age of 30. Yes, she's one of those uh, go-getters. She really has put her all into this, and she's going to share with you in this episode how she's been able to do that, the vision behind it, uh, the strategies behind it, what she's leveraged, what she's still doing herself and um, and how she actually helps other people now. Because when she's not buying uh, millions of pounds worth of property for herself and her investors, Jackie is also then advising other property business owners worth tens of millions of pounds on their property strategies as well. And she takes uh, people all the way from the start of their property journey and people who are well into their property journeys to help them really create the strategy they want. And she does all of this whilst going on holiday every six weeks. Yes, it's possible. And Jackie's about to tell you how. Enjoy this episode. Hi there and welcome to another episode of Leveraged Lifestyle with myself, Catherine Turner. I am joined today by my very good friend, uh, the property strategist that is Jackie Tomes. Welcome, Jackie. Hey, Kat. Hello, everyone. Excellent. Uh, It's a real pleasure to have you on uh, the show. Uh, I think you've got a lot of nuggets and some great information that you're going to be sharing with the listeners uh, on this episode today. And um, yeah, I'm glad we've set this up. Yeah, so me too. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Um, so I think let's crack straight on, really. So my, my question usually to all my guests, uh, because this is Leveraged Lifestyle after all, is what does a leveraged lifestyle mean to you? Oh, I'd say leveraged lifestyle is about being able to live the life that you ultimately dream that you would like to live, living your perfect lifestyle and being able to do that because you've understood how to be able to leverage your tasks within your business and within your life as well so that you're ultimately just doing what you, as much as possible, just what you love to do day to day. Okay, I love that. I love what leverage lifestyle means to you, so that's perfect. You are known as a property strategist. Your main business is Tomes Homes. So all about building single lets, property portfolio. So I really want to ask you kind of how has the property business in particular changed since you started and to what it looks like now? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So when I first started, I had no concept of any of the stuff that we're talking about today. The first property... I did everything myself. I went to B&Q, I designed the kitchens. I went to, when when we completed on the first property, it was a 108,000 pounds. It was back in 2015, 2015, no, 2014 that we completed on that. Um, 
I complete. I took half a day of work on a Friday because I was working full time, and I went to this disgusting, grotty one-bedroom flat that had not been cleaned by the disgusting person who used to live there in about twenty years. And I pulled up the grotty carpets. I like bundled them up into the car so I could take them to the tip. I went to Top Tiles and lugged in the tiles. I just did everything myself because yep. I thought I was saving. I was saving money, uh, uh, which when you know, the very first property we ever bought was entirely my own money. It had been blood, sweat, and tears to save it up. So I was every penny was you know precious. Anyway, once we started scaling up the property business, and I started to understand some of these concepts about you know leveraging out tasks, I thought, okay, fine. This next one, the builder's going to do all of the work, um, including buying all materials. And I thought it was going to, you know, probably cost me some more money. And funnily enough, it didn't cost any more money. <laughs> so I saved all this money that never really, I didn't really waste anyway, because it could have been passed on to someone else. So I guess that's, you know, the first thing that comes to mind to me when I think of how much things have changed. And I guess what I could not have comprehended when we just got started in property was that we wouldn't have to be totally involved in all of the sourcing of property ourselves. Yep. So we still do all of our sourcing in-house, mm -hmm. but uh, we have helped to do a lot of the um, more consistent and repetitive tasks that are part of sourcing, which means that we're essentially attracting the right kind of deals to us without having to be the ones out there to, to make that happen. So I think that for me, I could never have imagined that I'd have a appointment to go on a viewing booked in my diary when I've got no idea what the property is where it is and all of that system to get to that point happens without any of my involvement I couldn't have comprehended that at all at the beginning brilliant okay well we're definitely going to get onto more of that uh, a bit later so um, that's really good and in terms of so you start with a one bed flat yes uh, whereabouts was this one this was in that really glamorous and famous location called Erith which is uh, kind of the Kent part of, of South East London. Okay, so I know we've got a few international listeners. Uh, so <laughs> Get on uh, down to Erith. There we go, yeah. <laughs> That's probably completely new. No, don't go new. there, don't go there. <laughs> completely new. And in terms of what you're investing in now, kind of the scale and whereabouts? So we now invest in Margate predominantly, uh, in Kent, right out by the seaside. It's the most southeasterly point of the of England. So that's where we invest now and we buy blocks of flats. So the end result for us is still a single let property, mm -hmm. um, but we are able, we've been able to increase the rate at which we can acquire units by buying whole blocks at the same time. Right. So we've done, we have done bigger conversions and heavier refurbishment, but really our ideal project is something that is an existing block of flats that's got the utilities uh, split already, um, but literally just requires some cosmetic refurb to bring mm -hmm. it back up to a good standard, higher than an average standard for the area. And then we rent it out. Great. Perfect. Okay. So that's really great. And I think uh, one of the things that you, uh, I was about to say, tell us about your first deal, but you, you've gone into that. Uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, that's quite right. I suppose usually first deals are where we learn the most, but obviously as you've grown, mm. is there any particular deal that you could maybe talk us through where you've probably learnt the most? Mm. Yes. I would say it's really interesting because when we got into property, we didn't really know about you know, developments and conversions and all that kind of thing. 
And actually, I could really get my head around doing single let properties. And then we kind of got into this whole world, like whole community in property where suddenly everyone's doing all this kind of really sexy sounding stuff. And we were like, oh, wow, boring single lets. What a waste <laughs> of life. Let's do something bigger. So we started really pushing to do bigger stuff. Uh, and it took a lot of time to find the first project that was right to do as a commercial conversion. Uh, and that project we did uh, last year, and that was a conversion of a shop on the ground floor um, into two flats. And there was already a residential above, um, so that was converted into just proper flats because they were a bit um, haphazard, a bit dodgy before. Um, that project, I, you, nothing could have prepared us for how much harder that was than just doing a single let because people say oh you know do developments do conversions it's just adding another naught to the end it's not that much harder yes it is and for us the sheer volume of additional parties involved in doing conversion rather than just refurbishment yeah it's just mind-boggling to us and we learn a huge amount about how all the different roles within property interplay within each other from building control to warranties to structural engineers to planning consultants to a draftsman and it was just uh, what the builder does versus what other things they do and that showed us that we did not want to do this <laughs> so i think that's why it's taught us a hell of a lot about you know our, we thought our trajectory in property was ultimately going towards doing bigger development deals but actually, what we ha- what we were onto at the very beginning, we were onto a good thing. It was simple. It was very low risk. Mm-hmm. You can buy it straight on buy to let finance. Now, once you get into development, you're looking at high interest rates to be able to do them. And it just taught us that that what we hypothesised what we want wanted was not was not actually right for us. So we've stripped that right back to keeping it as simple as possible, yeah. where we're basically back to just doing refurbishments again. And that's far more in line with what we actually wanted when we started. Because I, yeah. I started on a ski holiday about five and a half years ago going, <laughs> oh, God, I want to go back to work on Monday. I just want to be able to have lots of holidays with my lovely now husband, Dave, and have a lovely time. I didn't go, oh, yeah, developments. I can't wait to do one of those. <laughs> I didn't care about that. I just wanted the passive residual income mm-hmm. to be able to have a, an, an, a better life than I was having. And what I was already doing, I was on the right path and it was just a distraction because of what I'd heard other people saying. So that was my biggest, was my learned the most from that, I would say. Yeah, and I I think that's a great lesson in what you just said there about the fact that you are looking what other people are doing, you think you want that, you think that's the right thing to go for and actually what you'd already kind of started with was still right for you. It's just you're now buying in kind of blocks of four rather than one at a time. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, I love that. So um, you mentioned there a little bit about how it kind of started for you in terms of that, I suppose, the drive or the vision. Um, probably didn't even see it as a vision at the time. Um, I think so many people talk about, you know, what's your why and all this? And I think at the very beginning, uh, it isn't <laughs> that. It isn't that. that. So, you don't wake up one morning and go, oh, my why? Yeah. I must go out and buy some property. <laughs> like In hindsight, looking back, it kind of looks like that, but that yeah. wasn't... No. So... I always like to see kind of how things have developed in terms of people's vision, but I know it wasn't a vision at the beginning. So what was that thought? What was the thing that made you go, okay, yeah, it's going to be property investment. Mm -hmm. Um, And as you say, you know, you had this moment and and I probably had very similar. I just didn't know what the thing was going to be. Um, That was like, I just don't want to go to work tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) 
um, as I'm sure actually many listeners have, you know, so whether you've, uh, you know, you've already jumped into entrepreneurship or investment full time or whether you're still kind of half and half or whether you're still looking at options. I know we've got listeners in all different categories. Um, I suppose it's always really interesting to hear how it did start and what that thing was. Mm-hmm. And actually, we'll kind of we'll get to a bit later about what it is about now. OK, so, just where we started. So uh, started. I started. Yeah, as I say, I was on this like end of a amazing week away skiing i had taken a week of annual leave um one of those precious weeks of the year where you get to go and have a lovely holiday <laughs> i was away on a week skiing i love skiing um i can't wait to do it again in january i love skiing and we had this amazing week and we come to the end of the week and i started to get that really horrible sick feeling right in the pit of my stomach that i don't want to go back to work on monday feeling and i felt that there had to be a better way I had been aware of property investment because my mum and my stepdad had bought a couple of buy-to-lets. So I'd seen them okay. do it. So Great. I was aware of it. Yeah. And I'd actually always wanted to have my own business. Ah, funny, funny. I actually, that's always been my thing, like having my own thing. Yeah. Yeah. But my problem, maybe you can relate to this, was I didn't have any ideas Mm-hmm. so you watch the freaking apprentice or whatever <laughs> is it the apprentice no dragon's den yes and yeah. you see all these crazy people with these like big grand visions and ideas and i thought that to have your own business you had to have a big grand new different unique idea and way of doing things got it which if someone had told me it does not need to be that complicated i would have probably actually not done property to start with mm. um but i would have done it also sooner because yeah. knowing what I know now, you can, you know, take someone else's business and just make it unique to you. Yeah. And that could be a really good business if it's got the right um, sort of fundamentals. So that was what got me thinking that I wanted to do it because I didn't want to go back to work on Monday. Mm-hmm. Seen my parents do it. And for me, I could get my head around property. Mm-hmm. I suddenly thought, you know, if I could start saving, I started to do some like very quick maths in my head about if I could just like save up as much money as possible and cut back on my living costs, like maybe I could save up enough to buy a property, maybe in two years I could do this and just start to do loads of numbers in my head because it, for me, I could just, I just could, I just got it. Yeah. So that's really why it's property, not because I was like, oh, my passion is property and I want yeah. one day and I just love providing high quality accommodation. That wasn't what happened. Um, it was from a very functional, yeah. what do I actually get that I think I get my head around that I think I could learn something about. That's really great. And I think it's interesting you said, because obviously you've got people that you could look to and say, ah, oh, they've done property. I get it. I get the numbers. Yes. Um, it's interesting. My reason for wanting to always have my own business, and I had loads of ideas. So funnily enough, I had the ideas, but couldn't always work out what the market was and how to... Maybe if we'd have been together. Oh, I know, I know. If only we've met sooner, Jackie. Um, But I didn't know anyone who'd done it. That was the thing. So even with property, even though, again, Homes Under the Hammer, all of those sort of programmes, I was like, well, that's great, but that's other people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's really interesting that actually, like I said, it's you can still have that same idea in your head, but there might be different blockages and things stopping you. So um, again, kind of whatever's stopping you out there listening, um, I think it's about you know, one knowing that you want it and then searching out. So you're in a great place listening to this podcast. So um, that's fantastic. So we're going to get onto the kind of how the vision has changed a little bit later, uh, because I think it's always really interesting to see how things have developed. Um, But what else? So, uh, yeah, I think you've said at the very beginning, you weren't leveraging out. Then obviously you leveraged the builder. They 
bought <laughs> bought the uh, you know the materials <laughs> and it didn't actually cost more. Um, you know, uh, so what now are you leveraging outsourcing in the property business? Um, I probably easier to ask what I'm not leveraging. There we go. Um, no, I think I'll, I'll try and pull out some examples because yeah, I think be it's um, it's such a mystery when you go from having been having doing everything mm-hmm. to trying to figure out what you can actually pass off. So yeah. I guess one of the first things I should have that's a question for you later. I won't overcome that. Well, at the moment, <laughs> we leverage uh, one to, our example off the top of my head is all of our uh, bookkeeping. Yeah, great. So I know it's a thing that can weigh you down a lot as a business owner like how you keep on top of the books and so it's not complete Mm. chaos so that side of the business is all systemized um so it's there's you know there's online systems that help us to do that so we use zero but then we also have support from a virtual assistant to help us manage that process as well and to chase us when we don't send receipts love it (laughs) i I occasionally forget but dave is always being chased so i'm definitely better um and i should mention dave is uh jackie's husband and also business partner long suffering oh bless him (laughs) we we will we'll we'll talk a a little bit about dave a bit later but yeah carry on carry on Um, um, so yeah, our, all of our, our all of our sourcing is well, a large part of our sourcing is is uh, outsourced. So from it's been taken being really clear about the sort of deals that we do, um, so that we can then build a framework and a system around it. Mm-hmm. So um, we buy blocks of flats. They have to be minimum four units. They need to be in the area of Thanet. Um, and there's those a few of the criteria that are required um, to then to communicate that to estate agents, to trawl through online portals, to arrange viewings. So our mine and Dave's involvement in the kind of sourcing part of the process is the viewing. Yeah. Um, where we fill out checklists and take photos and that is all uh, all that sort of data is all processed by a virtual assistant. Um, and then once we've seen a deal and we've analysed it, then my dad, my lovely dad works with us. And <laughs> Love he, that, keep it in the family. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's all about homes, homes. And my, my dad is much better at uh, relationship management and negotiation than both Dave and myself are. So he picks up and negotiates our deals for us and right. manages that deal pipeline and then pushes that through to completion. So... Um, that 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 process has Dave and I do not like the process of being chased by agents and when you know deals are taking longer to purchase and Mm -hmm. that stress of that so that's been I'm quite proud of that system and how that all works so that it can just you know our part of the involvement is relatively small now so that's just a bit of an example of some of the things that we have in place so I know um well from knowing you obviously very well uh following you on social media of course that one of the key things you've said is that not to outsource the things that you still love about the business yes. and the bits that you actually still enjoy. And I think that's really key. Uh, and you mentioned that at the very beginning. It's about, you know, leverage lifestyle isn't about, you know, getting rid of everything. It's about doing the things you love yes. and enjoy. And even if that's things still within your business that you love and enjoy. So do you still love doing the kind of the viewing part and and that side of things? Is that why you still do that? Or is it also just a kind of it's functional? It, it works because you're based here. Good question. Um, I don't love doing the viewings. Okay. Uh, that is the last remaining part of the system that we're still involved in. Like everything else has been, we haven't just sort of abdicated the whole lot at one point. Yeah. We've got, it's been a gradual approach to systemizing the whole thing. So, no, I'm not that bothered about doing the <laughs> viewing still. Um, I would, my ideal role, which is something that continue to work towards every single week when we systemize further, is just sitting in an overall strategic 
position within the business to make sure that we are doing the small tasks that move towards the big tasks, which lead us towards the vision, that they're being done. And ultimately, that's where... That's purely where I want to sit in the property business. I'm still involved probably most heavily in the sourcing aspect Mm -hmm. um, and just making sure that we're doing what we need to be doing on that side of things and also kind of on the team side of things, managing Mm -hmm. staff. So, yeah, I guess I I didn't choose property out of passion, Mm -hmm. which that's why I say if I could go back, I probably would have chosen something different Mm -hmm. because I don't love property. I love Mm. love strategy and being able to make, businesses work really well but that I wouldn't choose property um so therefore it's why it's really important for me to make sure my I'm spending as much time as possible systemizing all the different areas of the business so that ultimately the vision of me and actually Dave would wants to sit in a higher strategic role as well yeah can be a reality fantastic okay there's so many things that are coming out there that I want to ask you questions about um, that I'm sure the listeners will want to know so um, I think I'm going to go with um, number one in terms of your time now mm-hmm. um, what do you what is it in the business so now we're thinking the property strategist work that you do yep. um, helping other people with their strategy um, what is it where you're spending most of your time now um, I like you you were talking about you're working on the vision stuff the strategy where you and Dave ultimately want to sit in the business but in terms of the process strategy stuff that sounds like the bit you love yeah um, tell us a little bit more about that so that is uh, a, it's a separate business that sits alongside Tomes Homes and f- for me it's helping <laughs> one of the things that we have done wrong at points was to try and do too many things mm-hmm. and I see a lot of people in property trying to do too many things I think and that, in business in general yes yeah. you're absolutely right business in general um, I mean from my, my perspective I see yeah. it in property because that's my um, reality yeah but people doing way too many things because they think they're setting up uh, multiple streams of income which actually nothing is really generating the right income that you should so actually it's just multiple streams of time bandits um like and <laughs> so really that uh, that's really frustrating to see and having been through that to realize how f- actually focusing can mm. give you so much more um i really enjoy helping others to get that focus and clarity on their own mm. businesses and it also as someone who is um if you've done wealth dynamics it's a personality profiling <laughs> tool if you've done that then my primary profile is creator yeah i love to start new stuff uh yeah that's probably why we get on so well yeah <laughs> which is um it's not a good thing if you want to make sure that you are ultimately getting the maximum income out of mm. things yes. um so what this means is that i can help to create others better businesses and still continue to focus on my own so i'm not doing loads of random other things yeah i love that it's it's probably one of the reasons i actually started the podcast because every episode is going to be very different everyone i get to interview is going to be really different you know coming with new ideas and yeah it's it's, it can feed that little part of my brain rather than yeah definitely been guilty of the uh shiny penny syndrome going after the new idea that seems like the best new idea Yeah, yeah so so yeah, we've um, the property strategy business is mostly consultancy work. So mm-hmm. I work one to one with clients, both those who are just starting out in property and are just trying to get that focus and get off the ground, um, but also those who are more established in property. Maybe they've been right. going for like 20, 30 years, mm-hmm. have got something very, very established, but it's not giving them the life that they wanted. Yep. So we like strip it all back and look what's get to the bottom of what's not working and sort of rebuild it from the ground up love that um and yeah so that's the like core of what i do and that, mm-hmm. i love that i sit in front of people for out you know several hours at a time with a session and just really 
problem solve for them uh, with them um, but then as part of that I also go and speak at events and educate the property world more widely about why actually being strategic is so much more than we think it is in property mm-hmm. and yeah and run some workshops and things as well and actually moving into doing um, offering online courses as well now so Great. that more people in property can access this completely vital aspect to building a property business strategy that not enough people are talking about. Fantastic. So at the end of this episode, we'll make sure um, Jackie gives all the details in terms of where to find her, where you can find out uh, more about her new online course. Um, We've actually recorded this in advance. Uh, The day this um, podcast episode goes live will be the day that you're launching your new online uh, 12 modules. 12, uh, yeah, 12 weeks, um, all about how to systemize every single area of your property business strategically. So we'll give you the links and where you can find out more about that at the end of this episode, um, because I think that's really exciting. And I know a lot of people who listening to this or in property so uh, i'm sure that will do their business the world of good um so that's fantastic so let's get back a little bit to dave 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 bless him um i I was very honored to be at your wedding as well and uh it was a good one Um, but (laughs) i think uh also uh, as many people know i work with my husband yeah we build our businesses together and a lot of people kind of like how does that work how can you work your partner because i know some people can't and it doesn't work or they've tried it and you know fallings out happen and um, so i'd like to ask you how your different roles kind of work how you can work together um any uh, tips or advice you can give from what you've learned working <laughs> how together how to stay married there you go exactly <laughs> and work together yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh this having individual roles was a complete mystery to us when we yeah. started because actually first of all I was the one that started the business Dave was supportive in there but he ultimately didn't come in fully to the business until later yeah same <laughs> Funny um, enough. and at that point we just were both doing everything really like both mm. getting on each other's toes and just trying to get involved with loads of stuff and there was no framework or structure to anything so how it works now is that any of the kind of more upfront um, raising the profile of what we do, of attracting and meeting new kind of potential partners, investors, that side of the business is much more uh, related to me. And the more delivery side uh, in terms of slight more project project management style role and financial director, we'd call Dave as well. He, he's more the sort of detail behind the scenes mm. um, guy. And... Yeah, the, obviously we're still playing a number of different roles within the business, but he's generally more um, he's more office based than I am. Yeah, um, and more he, I used to be quite good at spreadsheets and numbers, but actually I'm not so good anymore because Dave's taken that away from me, and so yeah. as he's got better, I've got weaker. <laughs> and yeah, so he's m- more behind the scenes, and I'm more the front. Mm front of the stage so, so, so <laughs> interesting is exactly the setup that myself and Stephen have so I can completely resonate with that and I think the thing is I've seen maybe partners uh, whether they're just business partners or life partners as well or even family members and maybe they're on you know you talked about wealth dynamics uh, Roger Hamilton's I, I, I'd recommend as well we'll put the links in that in the show notes for that um it really is helpful to figure out kind of where you should be sitting because like you said you can easily 
start trying to help each other do the same things and you'll get nowhere very fast and that's so, when you hack each other off because you're like leave me alone to do what i can do exactly <laughs> exactly that's yeah that's when the marriages are going to break yes, down exactly. or the partnerships are going to break down so in terms you've talked about that you're the creator side of the wealth dynamics and yeah. um, in terms of dave w- where does he sit well, this is really interesting, actually. And when when we first did Wealth Dynamics and we mm-hmm. sat down together to fill this, um, to fill the profiling tool out, our, we were adamant that Dave was going to be the creator because uh, he's, he's a musician. So you're like yeah. musician, creative. Um, and we thought that I was going to be a uh, mechanic, which is on the left-hand side, which is a more systems yeah. type person, making things work better. But I was going to be more that side yeah. because in my role at the time, I was a project manager Mm-hmm. very detail focused um, and making things work well and we uh, sat down side by side in the office um, and did a test and it came back that I was the creator Dave was the mechanic <laughs> and I have quite a hot temper sometimes I was like this computer it's stupid it's <laughs> totally a mistake um, anyway after having analysed that it was interesting because uh, Dave, just because he's a musician, but he's a mm. cl- classical musician, which actually is more about systems and making things work better and more smoothly and real detailed refinement. Wow, there we go. And whilst I was very good at uh, actually creating systems and processes, I'm really good at the creation of the systems and processes, not the actual doing of the system. Yeah. <laughs> I get very bored when I've just got to do the same repetitive things. I don't enjoy that side of it. I like seeing problems and putting things together to make solutions. So that was really interesting. Mm. And it took some uh, uh, getting taking, getting to grips with my actual result of Wealth Dynamics yeah. and, uh, and, and building it from there. Because what you think you are good at and what you love can quite often be learnt behaviour. Yes, got that. Which, and that's what me sitting in a project management role, that's what that was about. Yeah, so in some ways, it's you've become so used to being that role because you're doing it day to day in your job yep. as an employee. But actually, if you started all over again and really, you know, like the Wealth Dynamics test or, you know, there's, I mean, there's other tests out there that can really drill down to, you know, your personality type, what it actually is that you're, you enjoy doing what's coming more you know, I don't want to say naturally because obviously we all learn things as we go along but obviously there's some natural tendencies along there mm. um so that's really interesting actually um it, it's it, it's funny I think me and Steve kind of ended up where I thought he's actually more the lord mechanic side so yes. but um primarily lord so um but it's interesting and I think that's probably key I think in any partnerships in any business is actually having people that aren't both stars or both lords or mechanics or whatever is a part of the, the, the dynamics it is. Um, and I think being really clear <laughs> with any partner you choose, whether that is, um, you know, a life partner, but whether you choose to then work with them or whether you're choosing a business partner actually to do that sooner mm. rather than later. And if you do, if you have got a business partner who turns out is exactly the same as you, then you just need to split out the roles that fit within that mm. profile between you. So you still do have individual roles yeah. and then you'll just have more, uh, more other roles to fill with yeah. other you know team members, team members around yeah. that um, I think, did I answer your question did I go completely off piece no no it was, it was great I was saying how does it work and I, th- I think that's it I think the key that you've said there is essentially splitting out the roles um, and actually understanding you know which where you work really well so yeah and also perfect. knowing that you make the rules it's your business so mm. what we started to do was because uh, the way we've built our business to be what it is is through working with investors yeah um, and we kind of thought at one point well you know 
I'm I'm the one that's out there all the time meeting people. So I'll be the investor relationship person. Yeah. And Dave can do the, like the deal person. Yeah. And what we found was that I was great at going out and creating relationships, but unless I can grow relationships, mm. I'm not so much in my flow with that ongoing detailed building of relationships. And once you get down yeah. to the nitty gritty of like contracts and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. I can do it. But I, it exhausts me. So what we ended up doing in the end was splitting it so that uh, I'm involved in the upfront part of both investors and deals. Yeah. Um, and Dave is on the more back end mm. of, of yep. deals and investors with the more sort of ongoing day-to-day pushing mm. and building relationships. And I'm out there just uh, finding the opportunities and making them happen, which that. works a lot better. That is so, so interesting. Um, I thought exactly the same in our business. I was thinking, well, if I'm the front person, then I've also got to be the person that Mm. people keep seeing. But actually, it's it's a very different role, isn't it? Um, So, yeah, actually, that's exactly how mine and Stephen's are. (laughs) It's a parallel universe. It is, but, you know, it's showing it's it's working. Yes. And I think that's the key thing. You know, I always say myself and Stephen work really well together. Um, We have the same vision and values. Yes, yeah. And alignments. But actually... Um, having then your separate roles and understanding that just because maybe you thought you were good at it or that's where you thought you should be doesn't actually end up having to be where you are in the business. Yeah, Yeah. it can always change. Love that, love that. I think that's that's some really useful stuff in there. Okay, so um, I did talk about where you spend most of the time in the business now. So that's mainly on the strategy stuff, working with kind of one-to-one clients, workshops, delivering the education side of things now. Love that. Yeah, we don't so much, once you get... when you, we don't want a massive property business, mm. which may sound a bit weird for someone who's saying that they've got a six million pound portfolio, but I don't actually <laughs> want a massive property business. Yeah. I want something that's very streamlined and focused and actually quite small. Mm-hmm. So therefore we're not, we're not trying to attract loads more investors. Kind of mm. we've got the people that we're working with and we're just delivering with those guys. Yeah. So actually my role as being out there trying to attract new investors mm. It's it's it almost hap- it just happens naturally now without us happening because we've got you know reputation and word of mouth and people come to us but ultimately some roles diminish in their value might be the wrong way of saying it but in their importance over time mm. when you know what your vision is yeah because it would have been very easy to just I say yeah, yeah yeah more investors more investors more deals more deals make it bigger make it bigger make it bigger but that's not what we want so therefore yeah. we're I hope like reining it right in um which is is something really it's why being part of aware of the vision and what yes. you want is really important and i think uh, you know that's really key especially when we talk about a kind of leveraged lifestyle you know we've had uh people like rob moore in episode one he is building like an empire he's got you know loads of staff around him um multiple businesses but again leveraged upon leverage on leverage to build those businesses but actually if you know what your vision is and you're really clear about that you don't have to build this, you know, massive billion yeah. pound empire. It can be, you know, some people might say, well, you know, 5.5 million in 5.5 years, you know, that's epic. But actually you're not saying I want to double 10x that. It's not about that. It's yeah. about, okay, what have we got right now? Is that giving us the lifestyle that we want? Yeah. Okay. Don't mess with the plan. Yeah, exactly. Great. Okay. So... I want to actually ask you about your first hire into your business. So you've talked, you've got some outsourcing going on. You've got your dad in the business. You've got Dave in the business now. Yeah. Um, but in terms of your first... Bring them all in. <laughs> bring them all in. Bring them all in. Who was your first hire and how did that change or impact your business? Cool. Great question. 
Now, it was it was a virtual assistant, mm -hmm. but not in the way that probably many of your listeners are thinking, because, you know, you. Yeah. Um, but it was um, a UK-based company yeah. who were, they weren't cheap. They were £25 an hour, something like that, £30 an hour. Mm -hmm. And I took these guys on when I was working full-time. Right. Um, and it was where I started to learn what the hell you can actually... Uh, leverage and so I took these guys on to do all manner of random small tasks for example because when you're working full-time and you're building a business you have no time for anything so they started ordering birthday cards birthday presents organizing travel um, I think they answered some emails for us for a while what else did they do for us it was really actually quite like small stuff, stuff that mm. it seems like, well, what's the point? That won't take you five minutes, but five minutes done, you know, every single day or a few times yeah. a week or whatever takes up a lot of time. They're probably doing actually more personal bits and pieces for you mm. rather than necessarily business focused. Yes, because I didn't know. Because mm. when, when you haven't got any systems in place, it's very hard to be able to pass that over to anyone else without just being like, Go and have a great time. Like you don't even know. When you start a property yeah. business or any business, you don't know what you're actually doing. So getting someone else to do it for you is like, huh? Um, such, such a good point. I see so many people like trying to outsource stuff that they haven't even got sorted themselves yes. or know how to do it. Yeah. So it's like, well, how can you tell someone else how to do it if you've you never done it yourself? Yeah. Like, if you can just manage um, how I structure my joint ventures. Yeah. Well, I don't know how to do it yet, but if you can just figure that out. You can figure it out. Yeah. So, well, that would be pretty cool. But, yeah. Yeah. but no, it hasn't been able to work like that. So, mm. it, yeah, very just day-to-day -day stuff like that that was taking just a bit of time out of my mm. life that enabled me to free up some time at work. Yes. Some of the times it was um, help with doing some, like, functional work, some research. I was getting to help oh, with some okay. research yeah. So this is really interesting because actually, again, if, uh, quite a lot of the listeners are still in day jobs, maybe looking at how they can get out, what they could start leveraging and outsourcing. And I think that's actually really key that, you know, you're talking about, could they do some research that you needed to do for work? Yes. But it frees you up in a lunch break, for example, yeah, to then start looking at property deals, I assume. Yeah, absolutely. Ah, I love that. So, yeah, that was how I started. Mm. Um, and it really even though it sounds, you know, quite a lot per hour for someone yeah, who's doing yeah. administration for you, it, it meant that we only had, you know, we were only using a few hours a month at first, yeah. but also working full time. So really I did have the means to yes. cover it. So let's, you know, not, you know, not spend, not buy the new pair of shoes or whatever, but it yeah. meant that, that I could get some help to make the life not so freaking exhausting while she's mm. setting it all up. I like that. I like that. And actually it's, um, well, it's an episode we're going to do at some point because uh, one of our members of the Leverage Lifestyle community has asked, you know, what do you leverage first? Mm. And I think it will be different for different people, but I think it's really good to come from a perspective of, okay, if you're still working full time, what could actually free up your time quickest? Yes. And actually it might not be stuff to do with the business because you're still figuring that out. Yes. It might actually be the personal bits that... You have you, got to figure it out. You know how often it? birthdays come around and this when is Christmas it. is or whatever. And you say things take five minutes. Well, no, sometimes when you're researching and yes. checking for the best deal or, you know, you want cashback site or whatever it might Bing. be, that actually, you know, especially if you're booking travel or um, hotels and holidays and things like that, it can actually take time. Yeah. Like I say, one of the most... The best things that we ever, ever did was when we started doing the property business seriously alongside me working full time, our diet went to absolute rubbish. <laughs> like we had no time. I, I had this whole lovely life system of how I'd shop and all the things I would buy from Tesco. And, but it took a long time to put brain space into it, which I no longer had. Um, and I started looking into maybe I could get a personal chef to like come and cook food for me. or And that was really expensive. And I thought, like, God, what can I do? And that's when I came across 
um, HelloFresh yeah. um, and now Gusto, um, where they literally are delivering to your house every week a few meals with all the ingredients that you need to make that meal so that you don't have to do any menu planning and you don't have to do any shopping and you're actually eating some decent food. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of the... We still do it now. It's right. one of the best things we've ever leveraged out yep. because it is so time consuming and if you don't do it you end up eating really badly mm. which doesn't help your uh, body to actually cope with all this kind of stress that you're putting upon yourself to make all this work so yeah. hello fresh gusto not a promotion I don't work for them <laughs> but they are brilliant and it's for the amount of money it costs it can completely give you so much more time like you said you know people might be looking for maybe it's a housekeeper to come and cook a few meals or a cook or a chef or whatever like that but actually that could probably cost more so yes it's cheaper and if you actually like you know maybe cooking mm. with your partner or whatever like that that actually you enjoyed that that part of it yeah and ultimately it could be a bridge to a you know more of a chef coming in for mm. you which i thought it might be at one point but actually you're right i love the cooking part and i don't want to give that up there we go see it's still about doing what you love exactly. in the lifestyle. like that excellent okay so um i've got a few quick fire that i think are going to come up yeah i think because uh i think it's time for that okay, okay. <laughs> Um, so what we're going to do is, yeah, as quick, quick fire as possible. We'll see how we get on. So I always like to ask what people's favourite software or online tool or app uh, that they absolutely love that couldn't live without now. Oh, God, it's so hard. Um, I would say Asana. Yeah. Asana, that completely revolutionised, getting all that buzzingness in my brain down onto an app where you can manage all your tasks and assign tasks to other people. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's my favourite bit as well. Um, yeah, it's one of the uh, tools we specifically, um, well, I say we promote, but we use and we show you how to use the systems within uh, Life Leverage Online Masterclass. Um, so yeah, we completely agree on Asana. <laughs> And like I always, uh, you know, it's a bit of a running joke in our business that, you know, we test it with Stephen, tech side, test it with the virtual team, all good. And then it finally has to go through me because <laughs> I'm, yeah, not very tech savvy. So, you know, if I can use it, it's all good. So, yeah. I can and what I would that. say is that uh, this is a recent implementation to the Tomes Homes team is we started using Slack as yes. a tool to like communicate between ourselves. We were previously using WhatsApp. Yeah. But WhatsApp, I... I also do personal communication on WhatsApp and mm. I was getting fed up that I was getting bothered by work stuff out of hours. Yes. So I split out most of our team stuff into Slack and Slack is brilliant because with a if someone sends you a message on your team chat, you can press and hold on it and say create task um, and assign it to yourself or to someone else, which makes those two systems work really mm-hmm. nicely together. Yeah. So there's a little build. Completely agree. And again, another one we recommend on <laughs> the masterclass. So perfect. It's like you like, yep, tick <laughs> every box. The same life. That's it. And um, what's a top piece of advice that maybe either you've had or you've learned along the way that you could give to our listeners? I think my, the best piece of advice that I've been given is, is focus. Mm-hmm. Just don't, don't try and do too many things. Do what you really do what you do really well. Yeah. And don't move on to something new until you've got what you've already got working really well. Um, which is a very different message to what you hear a lot, um, you mm. know, if you're in property communities or other, you know, other events and things. So I think being really disciplined with yourself to mm. not take on too many things and linking that back into what you're ultimately trying to achieve. I'd say that's the best piece of advice I've been given. Okay, like it. And uh, now I want to kind of know what's the worst piece of advice you've received, if, if any stick out you remember it's along your way. probably something on the flip side of that, like 
Oh, oh, yeah. It's got to be something like, oh, you you want to generate more cash flow quickly. Mm-hmm. You should set up what is essentially a whole other business. You should do uh, deal sourcing, or you should do rent to rent, or you know whatever. Oh, okay, yeah. Or you should do flips to generate some cash. Oh, okay. So you start thinking, right? I need to, you know, I, I want to do a bar to bar to let portfolio, but. I need more cash, so I should start a whole other business to generate some more cash flow in the short term. <laughs> when actually, we've restructured how we run our business now, mm. where we are actually, as part of the deals that we're doing, getting paid sourcing fees and project management fees, which means that you can cash flow the short term and the team and everything to enable you to actually scale up. So we didn't have to start a whole other thing, and I just wish someone had told me that and not said, oh, this business, you've got a great little business. What I recommend to make that business work is to have another business. Like, that's, that's really bad advice, in yeah. my opinion. Oh, I like that as well. That's a nice little nugget for anyone who's in business of any sort. But actually, obviously, it works really nice in property. But actually, how can you, with maybe if you're working with JV partners, investors, people financing the business, how can you make them finance, like, say, the kind of day-to-day parts? Yeah. Um, so I like that, that actually you've, you've figured out a way to do that. So um, have you picked up that one? And, oh, what? So actually, you've kind of answered this, but I was just wondering if there's anything else. Is there anything else that you're leveraging outside the business? So we talked about HelloFresh and Gusto and things like that. Mm. Any, again, might be another app or something like that that you like. Um, outside of the business. That's mm. really interesting. Not so much these days, because it's funny. I When I started doing property as a way to not be able to do a job, mm-hmm. I was doing it because I actually like the idea of a life that I could just have a nice life, which actually involves the like quite mundane stuff as well. Like I actually like going shopping. I like going to, to do my food shopping and choose or, uh, you know, find recipes or choose a nice present for someone's birthday or drive somewhere. Cause sometimes it's nice to drive. Yep. And actually that stuff that I want to have back in my life now, mm. that you, I would have had to have leveraged before to be able to get to this point. But so, yeah, really outside of the business, I don't think are the cleaning. Cleaning, there we go. Cleaning, that is, that keeps me and Dave married. (laughs) If you want one tip to keep married to your business partner and person that you live with, have a cleaner because Dave is a nightmare. Like, we're sitting in our office here and Dave's been in here for a day and it's an absolute mess because Dave's been in here. Sorry, I do love you, Dave. Oh, Dave, he's brilliant and he's well worth everything. (laughs) And he's probably cooking us dinner right now. Yes, he is, so can't complain. There we go. Yeah, that has been, and it's, it's cleaning ironing washing they do our cleaners do two washes while they're here amazing um so all we have to do is fold the clothes away which is enough um we can do that we can live with that yeah dave still struggles with that bit but we get through (laughs) it um and that and taking out the rubbish like all Mm. of those jobs i don't really like doing them but i'll do Mm. them because i like a clean and tidy house yeah dave would just put them off as long as possible to the point that i would be really annoyed so that for for not a huge amount of money it's just it's worth it indeed. yeah thank you cleaners you're amazing indeed and and that's where me and uh you swap round and, and i become more like dave at that point um but yeah i i couldn't agree more uh, you know having it's like the chores at home that's the mm. bit isn't it actually the chores the bits that you actually didn't want to do kind of ever yes uh, um yeah that you can now leverage and, and pay for with the the passive income that your business brings yeah, in. absolutely uh indeed love that okay um uh, i'm going to come back to this question a bit later it's usually a bit of a quick fire but I think it needs a bit more time. So I'm going to come back to it. So um, I want to go back to, so one of the things we talked about was vision. Mm -hmm. And, you know, obviously at the very beginning, when you're thinking about your business, it's usually not a vision or a why, whatever like that. It's usually just a thought of, I don't want to go back to work tomorrow or, um, you know, there's not enough money in my bank account. How do I change this sort of thing? It's it's kind of those sort of moments. It's not, it kind of builds up. It's not just like a bam. Um, So in terms of, 
uh, your vision now. I know one of your hashtags is holiday every six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to know kind of how you came up with that. Is that essentially the vision now or is it maybe there's an even bigger one? Yeah. Is that kind of a goal that you work towards and kind of how you're making that happen? Because mm-hmm. I think now I'm sure a lot of the listeners are like, yes, I would love a holiday every six <laughs> weeks. Uh, come on, bring it on. Jackie, how are you doing it? <laughs> okay, so when we when we first started, it was just a vague notion of I want to go on more holidays. Mm-hmm. That was all. That's all it really was at the beginning, and to work less. So actually, it was really it was I want to be able to have the ability to work part time. Got it. That's really what. Yeah, and then the the way the holiday every six weeks came out was actually by working. We worked with someone else who advised us on our strategy and creating our strategy, and uh, and he said, "So what, what's your vision?" And we said, "To go on holiday a lot." And the next question was very important because he said, "What does that mean?" Mm. And that this is, you know, I'm finding the same thing now when I work with people. People just like got a vague notion of this life, but it's in the specificity that dreams are made. Um, that, that <laughs> it actually becomes reality. Yeah. So he said, well, what does that mean? And it was like, it's just a one, like one-to-one session, me and Dave and, and our um, strategy advisor. And me and Dave looked at each other and we were like, I don't know what... Uh, I don't know, every couple of months, maybe every six weeks. Yeah, every six weeks. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Holiday every six weeks. Holiday every six weeks. That's what we would like to do. <laughs> and that's that's how it first came out. And it wasn't with a hashtag at that point. <laughs> um, but that's that was where it was born. And it sat in our vision and we started focusing on it. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is that no one really tells you is that you don't wake up one day to having a holiday every six weeks. No. So you, and it's not that you slog your guts out for five years and then you wake up one day with a, you know, five million pound portfolio and a holiday every six weeks. Mm. It's a gradual process to getting towards that. So first of all, we just started by actually prioritizing having a holiday. Mm -hmm. So at that point, we were just like, just working like 80 hours a week. So first of all, it was about saying, right, let's, let's plan in holidays. And um, what we have now moved towards over time is literally mapping out the whole year. 2019, it's already mapped out, people. Wow. 37% <laughs> of it is on holiday. Um, and That's not bad, 37%. <laughs> Dave figured that out, not me. Um, so yeah, we've, we've got a whole wall planner over here. Oh yeah, I, I could see it. I could see it. Um, whole wall planner and we mark out way ahead of time where we want to put our holidays nice now it doesn't mean that those will be the exact time we take holidays but the point is that we start to plan other stuff around it yeah because if you want to be building a business um and going on holiday every six weeks it takes some structure to make it happen Mm. so holidays may move but it's the point that they move they don't disappear got it so it's always shifting Mm. so we just started by moving towards having more holidays and then as we started to have more holidays we started to then block it out um, like we do now and and the only way that's been possible is by putting in place systems across other other areas of the business some of which I've described today um, that mean that you have the ability to not always be in the UK we've got some systems around how we deal with our post because obviously you're on holiday a lot, mm-hmm. you can't get your post. So you've got, we've got a virtual system for how we deal with our post and where that gets uploaded and how it gets actioned. So, yeah, it's a few elements like that that have made it happen. Mm. So um, in term, for us now, the holiday every six weeks isn't really in the vision. It's mm. just our life. Like that, yeah. It's become the lifestyle. It's become the lifestyle. Mm. But our, we kind of there's kind of two elements that we have. One is that we would go now to a holiday every four weeks. Mm-hmm. That would be what we'd work towards. But also just the ability to have more 
uh, extended holidays and yeah. freedom of where you live. Yeah. So that's the kind of next element for us on the vision where we're just kind of taking it to the next level. Nice. Um, so yeah, it's about, and, and when we when we got asked that question, what did it, does it mean to go on holiday every six weeks? Mm. I was just like at a really tough point in the in building the property business. We've been going for like two-ish years, mm-hmm. uh, working 80 hours a week for that whole time. I was exhausted. You know, I, my hair, my roots were down to here. <laughs> my nails were just like chapped and, yeah. you know, dry hands because I wasn't looking after myself. Yeah. So before even the holiday was a priority, it was like, first of all, let's get eight hours sleep a night. Yeah. Um, let's actually go to the hairdressers um, and let's have some time to sit down and paint your nails. Because yep. for me, the actual <laughs> kind of like some men you're probably like what the hell are you on about but ladies you'll understand like basic female <laughs> hygiene essentially was not even being done yeah. because I had completely neglected myself yeah. so that was something that I focused on even before the holiday side because yeah. that was more important than holidays so essentially some me time some quality time for you just do kind of things that I suppose sometimes we take for granted but actually yeah like just Going to the hairdresser is like, well, that's like a couple of hours. You know, if you're having your hair coloured and whatever else, going, don't have time. I could be building the business at that point. Yeah. So that's really great. And I think that's really important that actually along the journey, we try and remember that, mm. um, you know, wherever we're at, whether at the beginning, halfway through, you know, whatever stage of the journey you feel you're at is actually making sure that you have a focus on you as well yeah. um, and taking care of you. You know, you talked about having healthy food and stuff like that. You know, people say, you know, what's what's the point of having wealth if you don't have health? Yes. Um, I think that's um, really important. Uh, big Africa of, you know, staying healthy, being healthy um, and how you kind of preserve that even while you're building something that does take time. Yeah, and- absolutely. And this is why I advocate the focus thing mm. because the beginning part of whatever you're doing and setting up is the worst it is the absolute worst because you're putting in so much time but at that point pretty much zero reward Mm. and it's in reality it's going to be 18 months to two years every time we start something new always 18 months to two years to Mm. see any kind of result so you're going to have a pretty tough couple of years setting that up so the point is we've got to make that time period as small as possible which is why you need to focus on really one thing to get to that point Mm. so then you can then start to regain some kind of balance and semblance of health in your life Mm. to then to go to the next part because you really your body is not built to build a business and have a full-time job and a family and whatever else you've got in your life so it's a time limited thing so you've got to use that time carefully before you burn yourself out I think that's so important that you say that as well, because I think I see people um, like comparing themselves. You know, there's always that, of course, I think the best person to compare yourself to is yourself, Mm. like where you were, where you've got to. And sometimes that still might not be an income level. That might just be in knowledge, experience, what you've learned along the way. And it's, you know, it's planting those seeds. The tree doesn't grow overnight, all of that. Um, And I see so many people saying, oh, I tried six months at this and I only made so much or I only broke even. I'm like, so many businesses don't break even for three years, like traditional businesses. So actually, you know, I think that's really key that you've brought that up, um, that, you know, don't make it harder for yourself by starting something new every six months. Yeah. Keep at the thing that you started with. Yeah. Great, great, great. Great piece of advice there. Thank you, Jackie. So in terms of, I really want people to get to know you a bit in this question. Uh, So I have asked uh, most of my guests so far this question. Um, I hope it's uh, interesting to the listeners. Um, It's definitely been interesting hearing all the different answers (laughs) so far. So it is if you could solve just one problem. I know there's quite a few in the world, but just one problem. Um, What would that be and why? So in the whole world, 
one problem. It could be something really personal to you. It could be something that that's maybe a bigger vision thing. What would you like to solve and why? <laughs> I there's kind of two things that come to mind. Oh, are we allowed? Are we allowed to have two. Are they interlinked. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, not really. Okay. Uh, no, they kind of are. Okay. So one side of it is around financial literacy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the ability for to, to teach kids growing mm. up the skills that they actually need to be successful in their financial side of their lives. It doesn't yeah. mean to say that you have to build a business or no. whatever. It's just that you can manage the financial health of your life because I don't think anyone's giving the skills to do that yeah. um, and it's almost been a bit you know by accident that you have to build it up because mm. you, you basically inherit it from your parents which yep. could be good or could be bad yep. <laughs> um, so I think that would be and that's something that I see that links back into the work that I do now with clients mm. that early financial uh, programming mm. can make your life harder as you're building a business because if you don't know how much money you need to live every month mm. how can you possibly forecast at what level the business needs to be at in order to be able to drop down your hours because i hear yeah. sometimes people are saying uh, i earn 10 grand a month in my job so therefore i need to replace my income of 10 grand a month to, to live my job okay do you need 10 grand a month to mm. live or are you just living to your means which is what most people are doing yes. could you actually live on a lot less than that in the short term mm. a lot less than that to be able to free up the time to build the thing that you want to build rather than just working your job and that really does come back to financial programming and literacy to knowing okay well if i had my you know my rent and my bills and my, how much i need to, food like there's not what like all you know stuff for the kids or whatever mm. what are the real essentials yeah and knowing that number so that you can make informed decisions about the rest of your life and mm. i think that would be brilliant for that to change mm. um and yeah fine i'll just give you that one and now that's working about it I'll, I'll take that one well no and i think the the key thing is i, I think it's a great one to, uh, for sure uh you know having um ella now i'll see another one on the way that i think you know what we learn in school is is great to a point, but actually there's so many fundamentals of life that you're not taught. Yeah. <laughs> One of them being financial literacy um, completely, you know, maths and learning Pythagoras theorem, all like, yeah. great. I've used uh, that so much. Good old Pythag. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe there's some people out there who do. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the fundamentals, you know, opening credit cards, getting mortgages, mm. um, you know, budgeting, like you say, and so many people are, you know, you say living to their means, probably living beyond their means because they've got the credit cards and they just kind yeah. of forget that actually rather than, you know, living on 80% of their income and saving some away, actually they're probably not even, it's not even 100%, it's probably like mm. 106%, 110%. Yeah, yeah, you're um, right. And, and that is the scary thing. And, you know, I've just seen so many people in my life and, you know, I think it affects so many people and could actually solve more than just huge that huge amount of problems. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, even the government, you know, overspends every year, didn't they? <laughs> this is it. Yeah, the government could do us some help with that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, okay. Um, I think we're nearly about time to wrap up. So, I just want to ask you, okay, in terms of vision for the businesses, what's next? Uh, uh, we've talked about. Obviously, you've got your your twelve week online course coming out um, today. Yes. When this episode Today goes live, exciting. <laughs> um, we'll give you some links to find out about that. Um, but yeah, what's what's what else is going on? Where's the uh, the kind of vision going? You're saying you don't want to grow massively, um, but what what is the the thought? So with the with Tones Homes with the property business, it 
a huge, our huge part of our focus at the moment is on efficiencies and streamlining and putting into place any systems that are because you know, missing that I mean, to join the dots between yeah. like bookkeeping and you know when people miss their rents and that then communicating with the lettings manager and him mm. taking action and what you know all those things feeding into each other so that it, the whole thing works as hands-free as possible so that it's yeah. getting to us only having to do a few hours a month to um to maintain it all great um, so that's the vision for that. We are still buying properties at the moment and are very focused um, niche and type of properties. So um, we are still buying more, um, but it's all that's all fitting into the system. So yeah. um, we will continue to acquire stuff and um, jigging that around what we feel the market is doing. So just be yeah. uh, careful about that. But ultimately, it's always about systemizing it into a way that it's a, a hands-free property yeah. business for us ultimately as well. Yeah, like a truly passive income. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's the plan with Homes Homes. With the strategy business, uh, property strategy business, that is that is something that, is, again, it's not going to be ever be a massive business. I don't want that. For me, it's all about building something that people can really rely on. They, mm. um, I've got great trust and I provide great results for the people that I work with and mm. that kind of word spreads to people that they need it through the people that I'm providing great work to. And I just want to broaden how many people I can help because I work Mm. one-to-one. So that is very finite, the number of people that I can work with. Of course. So I just want to make the what I'm able to train and teach people in more widely available, which is leading into the online course, which is something that can be run even when we're not in the country. Even, you know, I can still do some speeches, but again, speeches, I can't be traveling around the country all the time with Mm -hmm. the whole life that we want. So that one's just moving more in the direction of um, slightly passive income alongside for the strategy business as well. Great. Okay. And in terms of personally as well, is there anything personally you're looking to do, achieve, anything that's still kind of a big vision goal out there? I want to get back into... I'm getting back more into my fitness. Mm-hmm. So before I got into property, I did a, a triathlon, Olympic mm-hmm. triathlon. Now, I'm not sure that I want to get into a trim- Olympic triathlon again, but um, I'm back running again. I want to get back swimming. Um, feel yeah really good about my health from that side of things. And I'm also focusing a lot at the moment on general health and what I'm eating Mm. um, because I've had some health problems with my with my stomach and my adrenal glands and I'm kind of looking at making that all better through Mm. uh, healthy choices day to day in my lifestyle so uh, that's that's important for me at the moment and I'm also just trying to prioritize just seeing friends and things now because for a huge amount of time in building the business with there wasn't physically the time for it and now there is so it's just all about just regaining balance and having the ability to do some more exciting travels and things in the future as well lovely lovely well that's great and i think the final thing to ask is where can people find out more about you uh the property strategist uh, what they might want to find out about so over to you. so the best place to find out more about broadly the strategy stuff that we do is to go to my website which is jackytomes.com i'll give you a link as well yeah go in the show notes and then or you can also connect with me on facebook that's the social media site that I'm most active on so mm-hmm. you can contact me on there as well so that's just search for me Jackie Tomes and hopefully you'll recognize this face um, <laughs> yeah so that's the best place to get in touch great with great stuff me. and like I said they'll all go in the show notes um, and one of the key things we'll make sure that uh, if Jackie's not already she's going to be part of the Leverage Lifestyle online community as well you can catch her in there and then you can add her in um, you know make sure that she's uh, uh, see what she's up to and um, yeah I think it's uh, 
I think it's been really useful, really great just hearing your insights. Um, like I said, obviously you're mainly in property, but I think so much of what you've talked about is so applicable to any yeah. business. Um, so really well, want to say- It is a business. And well, I think that's like it. the thing that quite often gets missed. So mm. yeah, I think it's great. To, thank you for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Well, no, thank you very much for coming on. And um, I hope you've really enjoyed uh, this episode with Jackie. And um, yeah, if, if you want to get involved a bit more, like I said, make sure you're part of the Leverage Lifestyle online community. Find that at bit.ly forward slash LLOCFB group. Uh, we've got talking there about virtual assistants and uh, you know we'll all make sure all the links to everything we've talked about today is all in there as well on the show notes um, and I just want to say I think there is no better time than now to start creating your leveraged lifestyle thank you very much